Welcome to the Critical Yoga Studies podcast. Yep. <laughs> Felicia Lane Savage, legend. Oh. Legend. No, I'm humbled. I'm humbled. True. Like yeah, a true uh, like a true legend. I feel like everybody I know in Pittsburgh that's a black or brown woman who is now currently a yoga teacher became that because of your teacher trainings. Mm. I just set curated a space so that they could become what they were supposed to become. When did you do your teacher training? <laughs> Was that before oh, you even needed gosh. to be before you even needed the two hundred hour? Oh, were you yeah. okay. Yeah. I um I studied with a black woman yogi here in Pittsburgh who is a master, Um, she was my entree into yoga over 30 years ago. And she asked me not to, we parted ways not so positively. And um, she asked me not to share who she is. And so I'll keep her confidentiality. I was always physical. I was a, you know, street bike rider. Um, before getting married, having my kids, and um, she showed me how to integrate a hatha, you know, physical practice, pranayama practice, into my mothering, and also along with the other six limbs, um, which for me are very much about a mental discipline and practice, and so I for six years I studied with her actually I started studying the year before my youngest was born so Maya turned 29 this year right Maya was born in 90 so 89 as I said you know before what is that 26 I did not know about yoga at all I was always physical however um, in her teachings it resonated I knew all of what she talked about I knew the eight limb path, and I was living it before I knew what it was. Um, I was one of those um, kids in my family. I grew up here in Lincoln, Lemington. I can rep one five two zero six, as I've shared with you before. You get it tatted right on you, right? Lincoln, Lemington, and I remember start eating, stop eating meat, um, slow down a lot because it just freaked me out. I was like, you know, I was studying to possibly, um, I did medical explorers to become a doctor. And I remember looking at my first cadavers and I was like, that looks like the chicken I was eating yesterday. (laughs) You know, so I start picking around it and my mother eventually is like, no, you can't, you can't do this. And so that was before I even knew about yoga. just being disciplined around um, how I ate. I was probably the first in Lincoln Larmer, Leamington to eat granola um, <laughs> and yogurt. <laughs> um, so it's just, you know, having that um, a discipline practice even around my studying and learning about my body and not just learning it academically, but really integrating what I learned into my life. Um, so that was all my precursor to yoga at 20 at 27, 26. And I'm still learning from what I was taught. 
then. You know, um, how I raised my kids, what food I ate, how I um, interacted with strangers, intimate partners. Um, there was, it was so far reaching into my life. It was just my life. Um, I studied Hinduism at that time too, um, which was more closely in alignment with, with my soul spirit. And because um, I was brought up Baptist and I actually took myself to church. Um, then I went to a Sacred Heart High School, so Catholic. So I always had this spiritual quest um, to understand. But um, Raja Yoga, you know, that eight limb path, as well as what I learned about Hinduism was so much in alignment with where I was always. Yeah. So when, when that teacher had shared with you about when that teacher shared with you about yoga, mm-hmm. in your mind, was it linked to India? You know, it was. It definitely was. She um she had studied, um, continued to be a student of Swamiji Sachidananda. Um and she definitely led with it, you know, the type of yoga that we were practicing came out of India. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because that's pretty much, you know, like she talked about it. We went to like um, Sant Keshvadas, um, East Indian guru who came here, who has since passed on, um, gave me and my family um, our spiritual names. We visited the Hindu Jain temple, and I can't remember. Um, so there's the red and the white here. Um, and so we really paid homage to the East Indian roots. Um, and it's funny because us as black folks, because she she's a black woman, we never talked about racism, though. Um, so having... You mean dealing with racism yourself? Dealing with racism, yep. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, she she definitely paid homage to East Indian um, origins of the Raja Yoga practice. I do want to come back to your relationship with her because I feel like this is a a very strong theme in my discussions with sister friends, brown and black, is the healing that we all do when we are in a traumatic relationship with another black woman or another indigenous woman, a brown woman. And, but real quick, fast forwarding. So at that time, it sounds like there wasn't that much yoga on the landscape in Pittsburgh in general. And now fast forward and it seems to me that Pittsburgh in many ways is like like racing on a catch up to the gentrification that's happening in Brooklyn and in mm-hmm. the right. Bay Area and everywhere we look. And so now it seems like yoga's everywhere. Like right now we're at the East Liberty Library and there's yoga studios all around us. Now one of them does happen to be black owned, right. which is yes. lovely. Yes. But in general, yoga is now visibly white yeah. in the Pittsburgh landscape. And so if you could just share a bit about 
Because when did you start offering teacher trainings? Um, 2016. So it's four year, coming up on four years. And you said, like, this one, there's, like, 30 or 40? 38. 38. So 40 people, people yeah, basically. Right. That's a large. Uh-huh. It, it is. <laughs> I can't say that my anti-capitalistic model and also my humility around, I can't pick and choose who should be able to come or not. Um, doesn't matter about your bank account, but if you have the desire. Um, and because I'm, I'm different, and I know words out that I'm, you know, I'm a little severe. This is not, you know, their mama's yoga class. Um, you know, we talk about vulnerable, how we are complicit with these um, systems of oppression. We we get personal with it and intimate. So it's not an easy, easy training in that way, you know. So a lot of people wouldn't necessarily choose to come. And you mean people across the racial spectrum? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it <wouldn't> necessarily. <laughs> right. Yeah. So if you could just, like, share with me a bit about your observation of what's been happening in yoga on the Pittsburgh scene in the last, you know, three three to five years. Mm. Shoot, in the last one year, whatever you want to share on what your observations are mm. and what your feelings are about it. It saddens me. It really does because um, you know, for me, my Raja Yoga practice is about me reclaiming my humanity and grounding that reclamation in love. So when you see, you know, I'm very much a Virgo, Earth sign, so I compare all the time, right? It's just my natural go-to. Um, and so comparatively, understanding how I was initiated into this practice and then seeing um, the superficiality. I don't know if that's a word. It is. But I just made it up, right? Um, For both reasons, it's a word. <laughs> yes. Um because that's really what comes to mind is just, it's just like gleaming off of the practice, just the feel good part of it, but without acknowledging the trauma, right? Um, and when I say acknowledging the trauma, I mean specifically, Rupa, people aren't practicing this self-reflective practice of looking at them what they're how they've how they've come to where they are even in terms of family lineage right because what you know in doing the anti-racist um, organizing work that I've done when I um, learned more about the historical trauma um, that was on purpose um, just breaks my heart right like they didn't teach me that in school um <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I should ask for a refund from Pitt um, because I spent over $100,000 and I wasn't taught any of that history um, and, you know, lied to. Um, so, you know, it really bothers me that um, it's all there. I mean, you know, we have the Internet now. Folks can just 
read how this country was founded, you know, and, and look in your own ancestral lineage, right? But with yoga, folks don't even do that. They, that's not their entryway into it, um, which is problematic for me um, because then it's all about a feeling good, you know, and being skinny and and wearing, you know, $100 pants, um, you know, and it's just it's so much more than that because that's not the way we're going to reclaim our humanity, <laughs> you know. There's no way. Um we have to look at ourselves. We have to, you know, for me, even um, the Hatha yoga and um, pranayama um, is so much about being able to be still and be still when I'm most uncomfortable, right? And so that for me is has been, you know, very much my, my practice. And it's, um, I see we're not all trained the same. You know, and so I, you know, and going back to comparing, it's like you're not coming from a vulnerable place. Like for me to roll out this tra- that training in 2016 was intense work because what it did is it had me take off all my clothes in front of people and share with them what I'm struggling through, what I feel in my, you know, the historical trauma in my joints and musculature that I have to wake up, have to deal with every day. And then in addition to, you know, the present day. Um, And so I lead with that in my yoga practice. And I'm not seeing that. Um, And so that that it's it is a hurt piece. It definitely is because it um, I think it dishonors the practice and whatever one's belief is in terms of a higher power. It's just a dishonoring to the spirit and the first person it dishonors is themselves because then I can't be in right relationship if you are not looking at yourself and I'm looking at me and then we come together then so you're going to disrespect me and not even know how to check yourself or receive constructive criticism like I can't how can I be in right relationship with you we can't so then that lessens the intimacy of our relationship so I'm not seeing you as fully human even though that's my practice, right. you know, so being able to hold the both hand, you know, that, no, you're not doing this level of work, even though you think we're working together because you're not looking at yourself and you're not being honest and, you know, all the self-deception and the superiority that comes in, you know, with white supremacy culture. It's just, it's intense. It's mm-hmm. intense. So, yes, the short answer is I'm sad. Right. It saddens me. Um because we need to do better, Rupa. I, I feel you on that. For me, for me, it's like, as an Indian woman who, who's in this work, I really feel what you're saying, Felicia, about the sadness, the loss, and the loss on so many scales that starts with the self and intimate relations and the ability to have intimacy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I feel, like, I feel like it's a train that I keep, that's pulling away fa- and faster and faster and faster. And, you know, the thing that I'm trying to hold on to is the part of that train that is black and brown. Because the loss is there as well and the sadness is there as well. Because I do see a lot um, on every on every political, like, 
uh, viewpoint in mm-hmm. yoga because I do see people black and brown in it, you know, to win it in a very oh. capitalist sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's real. And it to win the followers, and it to, and I don't feel like there's anything inherently wrong with that, because we all have to play this game, mm-hmm. whether we want to or not. We're in it, right? That's real. And we have just a, such a small modicum of control over our own futures, and it can be dashed away at any given moment. So I, I understand why people are mm-hmm. like lighting upon this yoga that seems. You know, profitable at a breakneck speed and powerful mm. in, you know, in such such um, branded ways, you know, powerfully peaceful, powerfully good, powerfully right, right. you know, powerfully whole. Right. And wouldn't we all love to be that? Mm. And so yeah, I think, right. like, I feel a sadness at the way that I feel um, black and brown folks in yoga, getting yoga through whiteness. And then, and then accepting it in all the ways, and not just whiteness, but capitalism, um, racial capitalism, and mm-hmm. you know. So I, mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. something about that loss, and I know that when you're talking, you're not. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're not only talking about whiteness, the whiteness interpretation, mm-hmm. and so I guess then the follow-up question to that would be, what about your feeling? Because I know you're online and that you're growing your practice. You're starting to do your yoga teacher trainings um, across the coast of America, mm-hmm. in Seattle and in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. with Yoga Roots on location. Yes. And congratulations <laughs> for, for a landmark, landmark year. <laughs> Thank you. For a landmark year. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm scared, scared as the heck. heck. <laughs> I respect I respect I respect you so much. Thank you, Rupa. For your patience and your diligence because you're talking about a lifelong journey. Yeah, and you. I'm so so proud of you and inspired by you. Really, thank I want to do one of your trials. When did we do? We did our workshop together in Lawrenceville. Right. It's Black and it was on this subject of black and brown, brown in absolute, yoga, absolutely. right? Black and brown yeah. race and you left. Yoga. <laughs> and then I left. I was caught up. Y'all. You know, I was caught up. <laughs> As we can see, this <laughs> is part, part of, of our, our testimony. testimony. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah for liberation. <laughs> Yeah, so you know, folks be locking their doors and stuff, and alarms and stuff. I was like, oh no, the enemy is the one we carrying around. Right, we carrying, we carrying that man. Not, not for long. Not for long. No, I know who you are. I know who you are. Right. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. That was like twenty fourteen. That's what I'm thinking. Cause yeah. But I know you're. So I know you've got to be looking online and seeing other. You know, I try, I try not, not to, to though, and that's that's real. That's so funny that you would say that. I really try to keep myself distant without looking because I am a very visual person, right? So if I see an image like a commercial or a preview, I can write a whole book just from that image. So I really I'm online, um, and I, I <laughs> limit it, um, but I I'll get on and get off. Because it is, it's a, um, the images that I see are just, um, it just minimizes the practice. It makes it so sensual sensual and sexual and then performative. 
Um, and it's it, it's interesting because what this is eleven years um, breast cancer free, mm. and I've added probably forty pounds, and I would say twenty pounds due to breast cancer, and then twenty pounds due to Martin. I'm <laughs> just being happy and being able to take an ex- exhalation for real that I've never done in my adult life. I realized, right now. yes, right. oh my right. gosh, you know, okay. when your stress level drops, then I'm not in. You know, Mo, I, I was just sharing with my daughter. I was like, babe, I was thin because I was in survival mode. I wasn't thin because, and I get it, I was, you know, making a lot of healthy moves. But that adrenaline that I was on, you know, um, it was it was no joke, you know, raising, you know, two kids and being in a tumultuous custody battle um, and divorce was intense, you know, so... Um, but it does, it, 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 going back to your question, it, it really, it hurts my heart. Um, so I don't look at it a lot. I really try not to, but then when I do, um, see, you know, I really try to send them love and that they're able to, who's the them? my brothers and sisters, um, and others who are practicing yoga in a white supremacy cultural kind of way. So be that capitalism, racism, um, sexism, and it's all, you know, it's the wicked webs of those three that I focus on in my training. And, um, you know, it just, it hurts my heart. Um, I really work because it's a dance that I do with folks, you know, so I get an opportunity to talk with them um, in person, um, you know, just to pique their interests about, you know, to question, because that's what I do. I question. I question myself even before I talk to them or, you know, um, like, is, where's your motivation coming from? Where is it, you know, it's always for me, that's the way I was um, disciplined is to always look at my motivation and to be honest with that. Like, if my motivation is selfish, then be honest with that. Um, but Growing up in this kind of culture, we are acculturated to lie. Mm. So it's hard to have a honest conversation with someone who's not being honest with themselves, you know. So, and it's interesting, not that I'm the giver of understanding or seeing people, but I can sense certain things that folks haven't, you know, they haven't thought, um, they haven't thought about it deeply. You know, they have all the mindfulness words down. Um, even the social justice realm, they got those words down, you know. Um, but to die unto this is a whole nother level of intimacy and exposure. Um, it's like, you know, having walking around with your first layer of epithelial tissue taken off, literally, when I go into a training, you know, and it was like, to even to hear you say, you know, and going to Seattle and Brooklyn, I was like, I'm going to those places to be vulnerable, mm. you know, um, so I can help bring some level of clarity and analysis to the suffering people have been experiencing. And they want some relief, you know, um, and folks are looking for community to be able to hold them accountable, like hold me accountable to my dreams, who do I have to call me on, you know? Right. Um, and so that's what a lot of folks are looking for. Um, yeah. 
I wanted to I wanted to ask you have you ever been part of the Black Yoga Teachers Alliance? Hmm. See, because the reason why I ask you is, and I know I'm asking some tough questions, and I'm not asking it from a place of I'm perfect or Indian people are perfect or Indian history is a pure <laughs> ancient spiritual history. I don't, I don't buy into that, that line of unlayered, packaged you know, Indianness, and and also I don't even accept India and Indian as our own term for ourselves. I understand mm-hmm. that it's a really and truly more so a racial category. That's that's how that's my stance, mm. because we're called Indians all over the world. Those who look similar, and I feel that we were created as a racial category. And India is not so far from you know Indus or Hind. But it's not our name for ourselves, you know. And so Bharat was the name of India. But even that's imperfect because there's so many languages. And we weren't, we weren't a nation in the way that we understand now. We were, you know, different regions and kingdoms and queendoms, etc. But um, with Black Yoga Teachers Alliance, I, when I started to do my organizing work around South Asian voices in yoga in 2013... I was contacted, you know, and I had established some some connection with a woman who was, I think at the time, high in leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't want to attend a meeting uh, because out of respect. But mm. then I learned that there would be that there was like white folks that I knew that were going. So I was like to like a black yoga teachers retreat at Kripalu. Okay. There's like an annual right. kind of like conference mm-hmm. retreat that happens. And then I was like, oh, white folks are going. Oh, OK. And then. I started to hear about different sorts of kind of like Hinduish, like ritual practices that would happen in the in the space of that conference and meeting. And mm. that's one of the things that really started to pique my curiosity about how are we dealing with one another? That's real. That's and, our internalized. Right. And I know that there's anti-black racism in anti-black prejudice and racism. I feel it must be a spectrum. Because we can't only be racist as indigenous peoples. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, we don't right. necessarily only have the power. Not everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, who? Mm-hmm. So I, I know that, that we have that in our community, our Indian diasporic community, South Asian diasporic communities. But I also feel that there is a sort of like untapped wealth of vulnerability and important discussion around anti-Indianness mm-hmm. in black communities. Absolutely. And... Mm-hmm. And it's not only just, and the way that we are anti to each other isn't just about hate. It's also just about elimination from the whole equation, like right. just ignoring yep. Yep. that each of us exists. exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and I feel that we've been handed that. Mm-hmm. But we also, right now, all we control is what we <laughs> can bless you. Bless you. you. Mm-hmm. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> That's Ravi Ali, also <laughs> part of the podcast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. yes. so you, you are not. So, what's your relationship to that sort of joining? Oh, real quick. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to no. Just on the social media tip, I just wanted to say before we move on. You know, it's it's for those of us like you said to die by this, this path of liberation. Mm-hmm. To die, hopefully, like Audrey Lord said, you know, in a in a flaming rock. I forgot exactly how she said it. 
flaming comet out to the sky. Let me go out like a goddamn flaming. Absolutely. I, I never want to come back to live. You know, I never want to come back to live this life. I identify as a survivor of childhood sexual violence. I know you do as well. Absolutely. When we shared last in our building conversation. Yes. I never want to come back to live this life. And so I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> so I never have to go. I want it. I need nirvana in my life. Try it. But there's like these vulnerabilities that when you crack yourself open to be present on a healing path, you can't just accept any job. <laughs> That's real. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't you can't just have any relations with just whoever around you. It's a very you start to like shave down, you know, what you're doing so that you can be so you can be more expansive. Mommy, right. I found right. something. This is oh. um the other one is this one is Jurassic Park 2. Okay. Oh. You got a you got a cheese stick on the other side of you right by your I keep wanting to give him this cheese stick. Oh. Absolutely. Here you go, honey. Oh. Here you go, baby. Remember this one? <laughs> no, because you're not supposed to hear about it. He'd be trying to explore himself on YouTube and stuff like that. I was like, oh, what's this one about? I'm like, no, Lord. No, Lord. Oh, that's too cute. Um, With social media as well, like I can't, it, it doesn't feel good in my body, so I can't do it too much to just sit and look at my phone. I find that when I'm, when I'm having a mentally, a more mentally and physically challenging day, I might turn to the phone more almost as a form of um, isolation. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because you think it's about connection, and sometimes oh, yeah. it is. It has it has that it has that, that benefit, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I find that on my harder mental health days, sometimes I'm like picking up my phone, picking up my phone, picking up my phone, and it's really um, more so a form of harming, self harming. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. My eyes hurt. I'm dehydrated. <laughs> I'm stiff. Yeah, that's really What's happening? Yeah, right. So it's like for the person that's really on the path, the yogi, I, I do think it's very hard to be on social oh media gosh. too much. Yeah. It's a I, I, I benefit so much when I minimize my exposure. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so I, I feel you on that. Yeah, I have to jump in and then jump off. And also when I'm posting, um, it's not always me. So um, either Maya or Jamila um, are posting for me, you know, as me, you know, but I can't do it because I have very addictive personality. So knowing that, you know, like I, that'll be a go to. I could create a habit in a moment, <laughs> you know, so I have to be really diligent about my time. Um, and if I want to go on and just veg out, right, and so giving myself permission to do that when that mood hits me, um, but it isn't nourishing, 
you know, I have to, you know, or I'll only look at the really positive or funny. Like, I, I'll look a lot on the comedy. Right. I love the Comedy right, right, Central. Right. You know, that's that, you know, and I'm cracking up because um, that that's my release. Oh, I got to tag you, you with know? some people who I like. Okay, thank you. Because yeah. I don't know names. I'll just Mommy. flip some through. Folks who post memes Hi. and stuff like okay. that. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I love to laugh. Interview him to his like, oh man, that's what that's, he's that's like, he's also, also, yes, baby. I walked in Jurassic Park. Oh, you are Jurassic Park. Enjoy, enjoy. It's called, it's about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, awesome. That's wonderful. And it, has, it says, this one's called Tyophosaurus. Okay, okay, thank you. All right, we're gonna cut this. We only got 15 more minutes. <laughs> to get her out of here. <laughs> yes, this is cute. Black oh. Yoga Teachers Alliance. Yes, Black Yoga Teachers Alliance. Um, I'm a member. I joined um, probably a year and a half ago. Um, and it was more out of obligation. Um, it really was. And I understood that. Um, I just wanted to support them and I didn't know about what they did so I figured that would be an entree into um, me investigating and um, I went to a weekend like a continuing education because I needed I was coming to the end of my three years of the cert being certified through Yoga Alliance and I needed my in person certification so I went to St. Louis and I was like stayed in a train station, so I made it a real event. Um, went to the black neighborhood and ate healthy foods and talked with community folk. It was really neat. Um, um, it was an interesting experience. Um, it's not my cup of tea. And what I had to bring wasn't received well, almost like I was in competition. That's what I felt. And so I was like, you know, people who were in attendance, it was, for the most part, um, really positive. Made some neat connections with black yogis from all over the country. Um, but it wasn't, I was I wasn't. I didn't feel received well. I felt the internalized racial inferiority between me and some of the folks who um, are active in the organization in that way. And that bothered me. Um, so, what I ask is that. I'm able to have some level of conversation or but it really wasn't it was more hierarchical um yeah that you know I even presented what I'm doing you know with the yoga teacher training and um it was felt it was quite dismissed Mm. and then even some of what came up in the room 
I addressed in my training and, you know, shared that and that was dismissed again. And I was like, you know, it's all right. This is just, you know, we tried it. Um, everything, you know, and I, you know, I, I really see in every, even if it's a not so good um, situation, there was a lot of good that came out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got clarity. Actually, it was fact fund- finding, and I, you know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can, um, I can. Really I was sad about that too. Sad about that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess this can be a good entree into circling back to what happens when we fall out or when we have. Please be quiet for right now, okay? Just a few more minutes, okay? Thank you. Then I'd like to interview you, okay? I'm going to interview you on the oh, microphone, okay? I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the real, real expert, expert yogi. yogi. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Our children, let them lead. That's, oh my goodness. Yes. Um, I mean, and maybe that's where the conversation starts. Is like, like for me as a mother, no matter how much work I've done as a single mother, hundred percent single mother, I have moments almost every day. Where I'm appalled at my behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 That's, That's real. real. I'm, I'm torn, torn to pieces by, by myself. myself. Like, wait, wait a minute. minute. I'm, I'm in charge in, in, in charge of your, your, your life. life. And I'm, I'm falling, falling short. short like, like how, how yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to be the source of that. <laughs> yeah, right. After everything, this huge wheel that I've taken upon myself to stop, this huge wheel of generational I'm trying to stop it. And then what about when I'm a source of fear in his life or... That, that he needs, needs but when, when he needs safety, safety from me, from, from my, my words, my tone, my, my actions, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's you know, in terms of tribe, thinking, thinking about being rejected by one's own tribe, or mm. how it feels when you end up being weird amongst the weirdos, the outcasted amongst the outcasts. That's a fucked up vibe. You know what I mean? You be feeling crazy. It's, yeah. it's like, like that's, that's that's so that's, that's such a downer, downer dude. <laughs> it's it's such a downer. Like, like you're like, oh okay, yeah, I guess. guess. What if everybody, what if everybody was right? right? You know, <laughs> maybe I should just not exist <laughs> by then because <laughs> clearly, clearly there's no, no yeah. nothing that can hold me. <laughs> but you know, mm-hmm. so like I I would never want him to really walk with the feeling that I have rejected him. You know, right, or that absolutely. I'm not a safe space. Right. You know, there's moments, but that's not the overriding tenor right. of our relationship. Right. right. And um, mm-hmm. I think, like, when I have turned to organizing other South Asian Americans and say, you know, people who call themselves, you know, Indian leftists, there's mm-hmm. a woman, an Indian woman, who, you know, rejected my project, basically. And wrote about it as though I was aligning myself with like Hindu fundamentalism um, trying to take yoga back to to India which it just doesn't make sense because I myself am of the diaspora so fully but that that felt like a real rejection and and then for a few years in a row I presented at this conference called the race and yoga conference yeah I think I saw a clip on you yeah you know 
when you were that's when you were in um, California. Yeah, that was like back and forth. Okay. I was doing those panels out there and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And through that, I, it was good fact finding, and I did form some nice relationships that I was very proud to have formed. And then they dissipated when I was like, "Hey, I feel like you kind of took my idea for this thing for critical yoga studies, actually." And at least just acknowledge that that there may have been some. Right. At yeah. least just holler at me like, yeah, you know what? Right. Maybe we did kind of were influenced by you. We want to acknowledge the influence, right. even just that's to me. That yeah, that's the honorable thing to do. But then as soon as I brought it up, then it was like those three four years of work in their project and even editing, you know, their articles stuff like that. Just boom, I got I got what you call it excommunicated. Excommunicated. Like boom. <laughs> Like nothing, you know? Wow. And then, like, it might be like another South Asian American woman that I put on a panel, and all of a sudden she was like, oh, ding, 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 Rupa, let's do a business off of this. You know, right as soon as the panel's done, this is an amazing business. Let's do a business around cultural appropriation and yoga as as Indian women. We, we can make this big. And she is, she's done what she said she would, but I wasn't having it. That wasn't my, that wasn't my approach mm-hmm. and that's not my style in it right. it's not a cap is not only about let's make this big mm-hmm. you know and I mm-hmm. want to be the leader so that woman and I don't really you know I don't really relate that well because it just seems to me it kind of makes a bad name for the effort right, right. <laughs> to put it so bluntly you know right. Right. it's kind of like oh Look, there's an Indian woman, and she's Indian and white and has a lot of light skin privilege, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And is married also, you know, to a white man. So there's a whiteness around, you know, mm-hmm. a sa- mm-hmm. that kind of racial safety. and But, um, mm-hmm. and danger, too, yes, you know. right. And so she, it's just like, yeah, there's this Indian woman out there, and she's doing this, you know, cultural appropriation and yoga work, Rupa. You guys remind me a lot of each other. And I was like. No, we don't, actually. Mm. You know, we don't. And so I haven't... I I know for myself what it feels like, you know, to be amongst, say, social justice organizers and to be like, I cast it, hate it on. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, I'm trying to heal from deep trauma Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to continue to exist and be healthy. And be healthy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the wanting to be like healthy in my body mm-hmm. into my old age mm-hmm. is really one of the things that has like plucked me apart from social justice, justice organizing. organizing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's real because it's not healthy. healthy. It's not healthy. <laughs> that's not the central focus, right? Is how, because we talk about sustainability and movements. Um, so if we're really talking about sustaining movements, then we need to focus. The priority needs to be on healing and holding us accountable to our healing. What does that look like? What does that feel like day to day? Yeah, that means that you're going to call me out. That means I'm going to call you out. This is a dynamic, organic way to be healthy. Um, There's no other way around it. There's no other way around it. It has to be steeped in us holding each other accountable mm-hmm. to our own self, self-soul self care, you know. So not just the physical, but that soul care. And that means me speaking my truth. Because if I'm not speaking this, I'm going to get clogged up. 
I'm going to have a rash. There's going to be all kinds of energy here. If I don't do this, I know that enough, you know, so I have to speak my truth. And you being on this path, too, you have to speak your truth to me. And it, we need to, it needs to be relationships of reciprocity because if not, it is an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And I am, at this point in time in my life, Rupa, I'm not about that. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not. As much as I can, you know, not, and I see it in myself, the hypocrisy in myself. Um, and when someone else points it out, it's like, oh, oh shit, you're right. You are right. So I'm working on this. I'm, I'm much more aware of it. And so to actively be in that space of healing is off-putting to most people. It's off-putting to most people. And you know what? Fuck them. Because at this point in time, he got his feet on me. He's so funny. <laughs> um, at this point in time, you know, I I come for, like, when I taught elementary, fourth grade, I come for all 25 children. I may get five that I really move. Those were the five that I was supposed to. The other 20, that was, I'm not for them. And I have to be all right with that. And this is a lonely walk. And that's what my teacher, you know, really initiated me to understand this is a lonely walk you are going to find very few folk who are going to be with you on the path you'll have folks who can come in and out but you got to be all right with being alone in this space including her oh absolutely her, absolutely a, her, her being one of the people that would come in and come, come out. out yep 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 i have to, and and to be all right with that was a is a process is, is and, was and was a process, a process. it's one it's of the things that i feel like um i know we just got a couple, couple more minutes, minutes here, here. It's, it's one of the things, things i feel like i resent <laughs> that brings up feelings of resentment when i hear it in folks who are in yoga in this sort of like packaged way where it's like well who did you you know learn under and you know well i i have a you know guru in india and i always and it's like well, that's, well that's, that's that's great, great for you. you. I learned under my colonized parents. parents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and they, they taught me a lot about, about why we need to liberate. That's so, so very true. And, and I don't have gurus in the same way because you might, you know, some might consider me to be, you know, a hoe. You know what I'm saying? And they're not just going to take me under their wing. And I don't want to be right under their armpit anyway. And, and not to, I'm not, I'm not to no, racialize no. since. <laughs> no, no, always talking about Indians and stinky and shit. It's like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, I mean, I know that there is that, but there's that amongst all our people. And I, I'm very stinky. So I didn't know. I was like, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of offended when folks talk about stinky because I'm very stinky. Absolutely. You catch me in a moment, and it's just a moment. Guess what? You know, this is a big world. You got to move on then. You know, because this is what I'm, you know. Stinky and sweaty. We can control it. <laughs> you know, like, like, we can control it, we would. Trust. trust. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's just, it kind of, kind of aggravates me is a very gentle way to put it because really it's about a robbery. You know, it's about a robbery of our elders. It's a robbery of our, of our ancestral, you know, lineages. Not, not, not completely, but. Also, also, it's, it's this packaged, packaged way of being like, like I, I have this guru, guru and he's my guru for life. life. It's like, like really? 
because I've, I've been, been I've, I've been taught, taught to understand that that, that, that no longer exists. exists. We're not, We're not in, in that, that era. era. We don't, we don't have, have a lifelong guru shisha relationship and things like that. That's not possible. We we all have to fend for ourselves in a very real way in this in this time. Yes, and in all the places. Absolutely. So it just seems so easy for people to reference. And I know you're not you're not doing that when you say your teacher because you say that. Very, very present, present to the fact that she's, she's not in your life yeah, currently. Absolutely. And couldn't be. Not for me to grow. Could I mean, it's just inconceivable. You know, from there's no way I could have had the life experiences that I've had for what is it, twenty six years. Um, there's no way if I was still under her teaching. And her teachings are very present with me. That's what, for me, that shows the um, the, the authenticness right. of the teachings because it, it transcends her, you know. We haven't been in relationship for over 26 years, yeah. you know. So, but it's very present. Like, there's something that I'll do or I'll even say, and it's like, oh, you know, another morsel that is just an aha moment. Like, oh, yeah, now I understand this where I thought I understood it, but now it's, you know, deeper un- levels of understanding. Um, so truth is truth. But you, this is a individual journey, you know. Um, even though we're very interpersonal, um, but this is an intrapersonal, it, this, this, most of this work for me, you know, and my understanding of it, it's like, no, you got to go this alone, girl. You can't, you can't bring your click with you, you know. And we're not in alignment in that way. The only person that, and, and you spoke it so eloquently, Rupa, that we're in alignment with is us, for real. There's other people who can support in and out. And then sometimes I'm not in alignment with me. So how, you know what I mean? Like, and I know it's, it's the same for everybody. You know, um, we just all trying to figure this out. But the way I can figure out a lot of it is in my alone time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some it's something so delicate to balance because mm-hmm. for for black women, for brown women, for indigenous women, we are often so isolated and in danger and in danger. And our loneliness has been a part of our our danger our experience of danger. And so some of us know loneliness too much. And so sometimes to strike out on our own when we already don't have enough, you know, we, I I love, I love how like our politicians, women, you know, will like to say like, it takes a village and, and it's like, well, it, it, there were villages all around until your colonizer settler government came into you know your establishment your systems came in to eradicate them and now we want to talk about it takes a village Mm -hmm. like now that's that's a great saying right is it a great it's just a misuse what about you know could they actually exist and so we've been robbed like there's this there's a sister who's missing right now right a young sister Tawny Tony Mm -hmm. And that's so terrible and scary because in Pittsburgh, black women go missing and come back dead. And it's and it's it's not even enough to disrupt a thing. Mm -hmm. 
on the news or you know people's in the people's lives yes of yes. Her, her family and her dear ones but so I just I I guess I'm talking to anybody who might be listening who who feels how can I do this on my own I have to be with the couple folks around me that I even have no matter what the nature of their influence has on my life no matter what their impact yeah I do tend to leave a little down on myself or yes I do tend to drink more when I'm around them and I don't really like to and things like that but you know what we're talking about is a different kind of going it alone Mm -hmm. it's not the same thing as lonely right right though it does include that yes you said that so well Yes, we have to have the discernment to know what the difference is. And the discernment for me only comes up, I get that clarity through my meditation, my stillness practice, and really being able to be quiet um, as best as I can. And then I'm able to see clearer. You know, I'm able to see where I need to take a chance, um, where I may need to hold back. Um, or where I'm like mo- being motivated out of fear versus really being safe, you know. Um, yeah, it's um, it's a practice in and of itself in recognizing. It's a practice, mm-hmm. and um, no one can give this to anyone else. We all must practice this alone in order to understand to see the clarity yeah it's it's a powerful practice and in it we are all our 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 own leaders absolutely yeah that inner yogi we all have it but we have to listen you know we've we've been so acculturated to believe the five senses you know where i really do believe the sixth sense that intuition is what we should be listening to but that voice gets quieter and quieter because it's pushed down by the other senses. So I can only really get in touch with my intuition when I'm quiet, mm. you know, I'm strategically quiet, right? Not forced to be quiet, not... Not quietly on my phone. I'm right. <laughs> yes. Not exhausted and tired, mm. you know, so those things, those basic survival um, and needs must be met. So, you know, getting enough sleep. A lot of us are sleep deprived. So to have this self-reflective practice requires so much, you know, discipline so that we can have clarity. And that's the last, like, the last thing I'll say. And then if you, because we are nearing time and I know you got to, is that I read this Buddhist text and in it they were talking about how really and truly, bless you, honey. The path to liberation, each of us has to follow a path, whatever it is that makes us the most sane. And so it's not about, you know, it's not about being a monk (laughs) commentary on the park. It's not about being a monk that goes out into the mountains and has no attachments, quote unquote, that's frequently misused, non-attachment. It could be you having six kids and having a farm, as another monk did, and that being your path to liberation. You know, that being your... And so, like, right now as a single mother, I get very little quiet time. Very little quiet time. Mm-hmm. And really, my, my, like, practice of sanity is how do I stay sane under the constant inputs? Right. 
So then that means right now what my sanity looks like for meditation is going for a swim. And he mm-hmm. might be somewhere trailing on my back or, right. you know what I mean? Right. But at least I'm breathing and going for a swim. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolute. That's my practice. That's, that's, that's it. Right now. Yep. Right. But I have been to meditation retreats, 10-day silent ones. and five. Day. Hold on real quick. I'm trying to interview you right quick. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. Okay, we're going to sign off uh, Felicia. Um mm-hmm. Will you ask Rebby a question about his breathing? You can start to yeah. you can ask him about that or downward dog oh. or anything like that. Here, Rebby, sit down. Here's your microphone, okay, honey? You see this so, microphone? Yeah. So, Rebby, when when you get mad, do you notice your breath when you get mad? She gets mad. And what do you do when she gets mad? I call her a chicken. You call her a chicken? And what does that help her do? Yesterday he started saying, oh, I hate you. I, oh, and how did she respond? What did she say? She said, don't say it. Mm. And so are you going to say it anymore? No. Oh, Okay, okay. And they will stop getting mad. And they'll stop getting mad. And then I'll call them chicken. And then you'll call them chicken. I'm going to do that. Can I use that the next time someone makes me mad? I'm going to call them a chicken. Okay. Okay, and I'll tell you how how it would happen. Okay. Okay. You guys want to all take a deep breath together? Yes. Let's take a deep breath together. Thank you, thank you. This was beautiful.